Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 16th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Have a full show for you today as we're going to play some draft prospect catch-up. Kind of talk about some some prospects that the Magic could take with the 25th pick. As you can tell, when you're drafting that late in the first round, especially when you also have to deal with the 33rd and 35th pick, we're dealing with a lot of potential options here. We've we've talked. I've talked a lot about them. We've been doing draft profiles every single day for the last two weeks up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. So I'm play some catch up. Talk about some prospects that I, that I am looking at and considering with the 25th pick. If I'm Magic, whether the Magic take them or not is another issue entirely. But Having said that, I want to remind everyone that you can catch up on the Locked On NBA mock draft that's going on on the Locked On NBA podcast. Just search iTunes or Audio Boom for the Locked On NBA podcast. We're doing a fan- it's a really fantastic set of episodes. I picked the sixth pick uh, yes, on the show two days ago now, um, the first episode. There's now three episodes out. We're at pick 18, I want to say. So, the Magic are coming up again uh, on, I think it's going to be released on Monday now. Uh, But the Magic are coming up again pretty soon, so get caught up with what's going on in the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. All the Locked On podcasts, or at least the ones that have picks, are involved and uh, had a really good time doing this mock draft. I had a really good time doing this mock draft and watching how things turned out. You know, we we added some trades in there. I did discuss a few trades. Uh, We'll see if I pull anything off uh, as the mock draft continues. But be sure to check that out. Doing a fantastic job there. I also want to remind everyone uh, that you can download this podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts, your podcast-enabled listening device. Because now is the time where I'm going to talk really fast and I'm going to get into some excruciatingly, you know, fine detail about guys that the Magic are probably not going to pick. It's time for Draft Prospect Palooza. It is, of course, Friday. We are officially in NBA Draft Week. It is officially the week of the NBA Draft. I got my, uh, I, I, I got everything set up for the draft. I'll be at the Amway Center uh, in the media viewing. I'll try and peek, peek my head out a little bit at the Orlando Magic Draft Party that's going on at the Amway Center. That day, you can get tickets to that on orlandomagic.com. But it is officially draft week, and it is time to get down to brass tacks. So let's talk about some prospects today. I'm going to start off with uh, the lone point guard prospect I'm going to talk about today, and probably one of my really interesting and one of my growing to become favorite players for the end of the first round. And possibly, uh, and and depending on how things fall, I don't know if he'll be there for the second round. But I, I like him a lot at 25. If the Magic pass on a point guard, with the first pick, which right now I have them taking Dennis Smith, so I don't think that'll be the case. But if the Magic pass on a point guard with that pick, and Jawan Evans is not available with the 25th pick, I would seriously consider giving Derek White of Colorado a very hard look. 
Let's go through some of my criteria for what the manager should do with the 25th pick. I think it is absolutely important that the Magic get someone who can contribute immediately. With the 25th pick in the draft, and really with the 33rd and 35th pick too, I believe the Magic need to get someone who will contribute to the team next year off the bench. We're not looking for starters here. We're looking for players who can play a role and contribute on an NBA team fairly quickly. So yes, I am typically going to be looking at upperclassmen here because those guys are ready to play more immediately. And that is definitely the role that Derek White falls into. Last year at Colorado, he averaged 18.1 points per game and 4.4 assists per game, shooting 50.7% from the floor and 39.6% from beyond the arc. This kid was a scoring dynamo for the Buffaloes. Led them to the NIT where they lost to UCF. But the kid could put up a lot of points and was a guy that a lot of defenses in the Pac-12 were focused on. And of course, the Pac-12 is a paragon of defense. But a 25.3% usage rate and an effective field goal percentage near 60 at 57.8 is really, really good. 62.7% true shooting percentage use. We got to the line as well. White is probably not a great knockdown three-point shooter. And a lot of people don't consider him a true point guard at the NBA level, which I, I can understand that. He doesn't have maybe the the, the elite athleticism you like to see. He doesn't uh, play that kind of game. But at six foot five, he's got good size. You know, I think he's you know he's got a point guard's mentality. And again, off the bench, not necessarily looking for a great playmaker. You're looking for someone who can break down defenses a little bit, maybe score a little bit for himself, put up points in a hurry. Get into a rhythm and quickly. And I think that's what White does. So why is White being viewed so low? And I think this is sneakily why teams kind of doubt him. He doesn't have the great athleticism, which I think is a fair fair point. Uh, and he doesn't always he's not always able to get all the way to the basket when he breaks players down off the dribble. What he's good at is setting himself up for jumpers, uh, you know, creating shots for himself uh, in that way. Uh, but, you know, again, not much of a distributor at all. The reason why I think White is getting some knocks is he's a senior, which is the first place to start. I think he's probably the best senior in this draft. But he's only played one year at Colorado. He was kind of a little-known guy. He was like six feet tall when he was in high school and sprouted five inches uh, after he got to college. He played, was a Division II All-Star. Was one of the, was probably the best player in Division II Transferred to Colorado for his junior season, sat out that year, played his senior year, and had a fantastic, fantastic season. White is definitely a player that I take a good hard look at at 25. Even if the Magic do take a point guard, actually, at the top of the draft, I give White a really hard look because he can play shooting guard, I think. Um, he's got to continue improving his shot. He's got to you know kind of find his way defensively, too. But off the bench, what more could you ask for? Um, I definitely think White is a guy who can step in and make a pretty quick quick impact for a team. I would be willing to invest a first-round pick in him. That's me. Uh, I think his name is beginning to circle around a little bit more. He's getting a little bit more notice in the media, so that's uh, a player that I certainly would look at as well. Okay, when I, you know, as I noted earlier, the uh, the Locked On NBA mock draft is going on. And when I was sitting there at pick 25, I was thinking to myself, among the needs that, that I thought the Magic need, needed, was I wanted to find a wing player. 
I wanted to find someone who could play a little bit on the perimeter and play a little bit uh, kind of, you know, on the ball a little bit more. And, you know, honestly, I found myself dealing with a lot of centers. And I don't think that's, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. There are some some interesting quality centers in, in this draft. But again, I want someone who can contribute fairly quickly. That's that's kind of my overarching goal in this draft. There is one player, though, who, who certainly has caught a lot of attention and caught a lot of eyes that I don't think he's going to be there at 25, but I'm going to talk about him very briefly anyway. And that's Terrence Ferguson. He's an American-born player who was in the McDonald's All-American game, decided not to go to college, played a year in Australia for the Adelaide 36ers. Meager statistics there. He got some playing time, but not a lot. About four points, four rebounds. You know, about the same as Ike Anabog. Ferguson, though, just seems like an athletic freak. He's not particularly long, but he is athletic. He measured out very favorably at the NBA Draft Combine. He was a very, very strong player for the Magic for 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 uh, for draft prospects, and, and teams are gonna go crazy over his athleticism. That's why I don't think he'll be there at twenty five. But if he does fall to twenty five, and he checks out from whatever research the Magic have done, you know that he can be a good shooter, that he can be a good defender. If he checks all those boxes. I think that this is a player the Magic should take a chance on. If you're going to take a chance, take a chance on upside. And and I think the Magic can afford to take a chance somewhere in this draft. And so maybe I'm putting too much pressure on the 25th pick. And and maybe the 25th pick, when they have the the luxury of a three-year deal, that's when you take your risk. When you take a high upside guy like Ferguson. He is... He projects to be a solid shooter. He projects to be a, a solid defensive player. But where he makes his bread and butter is in transition, getting out on the break and getting to the basket, getting to the rim. That's his skill right now. The rest of his skills are going to take some time to develop. They're just not there yet. But they can get there. Slowly but surely, they can get there. With some development, with some patience, with some growth, they'll get there. He's still very, very young. Hasn't played a lot of high-level competition. Australia is probably maybe a little bit better than the NCAA, but didn't get a lot of playing time there. And so it's going to take a little bit of time for Ferguson to to get to the level that that teams are going to need him to get. But he projects to be a solid athlete, someone that you can certainly mold into the player you want want to be. If he can add, if he can show, if he showcased those basketball skills at his workouts, if he proved that he can make those jumpers, make those shots, and, and, and begin to define his game a little bit, he is certainly someone the Magic should take a chance on at 25. I, I think that he would be a very, very, very solid pick at 25. I'd be ecstatic to get him at 25 because I think he does fit what the Magic need on the wing, especially at, at this point with this pick. But again, it's going to be a little bit of a risk, and there are, there are risks to take at 25. There are players who are a little bit riskier than others. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. 
and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. One player who I don't think will be a huge risk, but I think will be a player that the Magic will certainly look at, will certainly examine very hard, and certainly does fit a little bit of a need for the Magic, is a player like TJ Leaf. You can kind of put him in the same category as Tyler Lydon, who I uh, profiled on a previous episode of Lockdown Magic. I think it was last Monday. Don't quote me on that. But like Tyler Lydon, TJ Leaf is more athletic than your typical stretch four. You know, when you think of a stretch four, you think of, when I think of a stretch four, I think of Ryan Anderson. You know, Anderson doesn't have a lot of offensive skills outside of his three-point shooting. He's got a little bit of a post game, and, and, and I know from talking with some New Orleans fans but back when he was with the Pelicans, he tended to, to favor his, his post game and fadeaway game too much. He's a much better offensive rebound than people give him credit for. But when I think of stretch four, I think of Ryan Anderson. TJ Leaf is not that kind of stretch four. TJ Leaf is a lot more athletic. He can finish above the rim. He when he when he cuts to the basket on on the break, Lonzo Ball was feeding him lobs and he was making them. But Leaf is a little bit different too, because Leaf has that three point shooting available. Leaf is able to knock down the three point shot. And yeah, UCLA's offense was a little bit weird. It was you know, UCLA's offense is kind of like a, a D'Antoni offense almost. A lot of people put up really good numbers. And so it's hard to figure out exactly what's real. And certainly Leaf doesn't have the defensive chops you would like. I don't think we can get around that. But his production speaks for itself too. It absolutely speaks for itself. Leaf shot 46.6% from beyond the arc last season. 46.6%. And this wasn't just him taking a few, you know, a three a game. He was taking 1.7 three-pointers per game. That projects very well at the NBA level because he shows some athleticism and shows a little bit of touch around the basket too. So he's a very different kind of stretch four. And certainly draft you know, numbers have him going in a number of different places. And he's long been kind of a target for the, or at least a perceived target for the Magic at 25. Now, Leaf has a lot of flaws to his game. He is not a very good defender, doesn't have a lot of good, doesn't have a lot of foot speed. Kind of like Leiden, if you make him put the ball on the floor, his effectiveness decreases dramatically. And in fact, I'm a little worried about his three-point shooting. While he shot very, very well at the college level, shot only 67.9% from the foul line. As, as I've said numerous times, when people try to project whether a, a college three-point shooter can become an NBA three-point shooter, they look to free throw percentage to, to figure out if that efficiency can translate. And a poor free throw percentage typically means there's probably something wrong mechanically with the shot. And so as you speed things up, as the distance between the three-point line and the, and the basket gets bigger, those become more pronounced and throw your shot off. Still, if the Magic are looking for a stretch four, and I do think the Magic need a stretch four on the team, Leaf is a very, very strong option for the team to consider. He does have a lot of, you know, things that make him a unique player, and that, of course, matters. It's just a matter of his career is going to be made or broken on whether he can hit three-pointers 
at a consistent rate. A player who may fall to the Magic, which it's beginning to look like he won't, but we still profiled him. I'll still talk about him here briefly, is Duke center Harry Giles. Before the season began, Harry Giles was considered one of the top prospects in the draft. Probably the top prospect in the draft. I remember people talking about him as if he was going to be the top prospect in the draft. He's got good athleticism, good instincts around the basket. The only problem is he un- he's coming off an a, a ACL injury from, from his senior year. So he was slowed by injury throughout his year at Duke. And unlike Dennis Smith, who went to college early to get an, a jump start on rehab and really looked like he recovered, Giles never really looked like he recovered this year. 3.9 points, 3.8 rebounds per game, played, no, played in 11.5 minutes per game. So while he does have a lot of the skills and a lot of the just raw talent, we haven't seen that play out for a year now. And he kind of struggled a little bit to, to deal with college physicality. Once he adjusted, it got better. When you look at Giles toward the end of the season, his play was significantly better. You saw some better performances. You saw him get more consistent minutes. While he only scored more than 10 points twice, in his career at Duke, the consistency was slowly getting there for him. And it was, then it just became a matter of him finding minutes, which which Duke couldn't give him with uh, Emile Jefferson there, a senior, and who played very, very well. It's not, it's not that Jefferson was bad or, or Giles was bad, too. Jefferson was very, very good. And I think Coach K leaned on him a lot. So with Giles, you're drafting a guy on potential. And so, again, maybe you spend the first-round pick on a guy with a guy with potential because you have the security of the three-year contract. And maybe then you draft a center like Giles to, to send him to Lakeland for the year, for his rookie season. Give him some time to develop. Certainly that makes sense. Because Giles, you can see even in the limited highlights he has, that Giles has a lot of talent. And I'm, I'm not, I would not surprise me if he is impressing scouts and impressing management groups at his workouts. The question is, can he do it against high-level competition? Can he do it there? And that is very unproven considering what has happened, what what his year was like with Duke. And so that is a major question mark for for Giles heading into uh, his NBA career, heading into you know what he hopes will be a long NBA career, but but at this point, who knows? It's a big, big mystery with him. He is a huge, huge, huge question mark. But not as huge as the next two guys I'm going to talk about. The next two guys are foreign players. It's not quite certain if they're ready to come over. I think they will. But these two players are guys that you're going to have to wait on and develop very, very carefully. I'm going to start with Anzis Pesenics. He's a Latvian center. He played with Kristaps Porzingis on the junior Latvian teams. He played last year at Gran Canaria in Spain. Not one of the biggest Spanish teams. Uh, so he got a, a few more minutes than, than you typically see from, from these European prospects. Uh, but for, for Pacenics, it's still very, very, very raw on, for him. He's still a very, very raw player. He gets pushed around a little bit in the post. Um, he's not like Porzingis where he can step out and shoot shoot threes. He's just he's got good touch around the basket. That's kind of his his claim to fame right now. And he's just a big dude. He's seven foot two. Seven foot two guy, good touch around the basket, can step out a little bit and hit hit a jumper. Um, still very raw and ill-defined, though. You draft Pacenics to develop him. 
Maybe let him stay in Spain for another year. Maybe bring him. Maybe bring him over. Have him play a lot in the D League. Pasenix would be a better second round pick to me than a first round pick because it's just going to take a long time for him to develop. You just don't know what he can become. And he's, you know, from from what I've seen, he wants to be a, a decent shot blocker. He wants to to get himself going. But right now. He's very much just pick and roll, lobs, putbacks. He's not going to fight for much physically. He's just not there yet. He's got to continue developing his game. It's just not ready. But the talent is there. And, and, and you can see the talent when he pairs up with Porzingis. You can see the talent when he's out on the floor. He's got the talent to play. And obviously, he's in consideration for a first-round pick. So it's not like... It's not like he doesn't have it or have what teams are looking for. But at the end of the day, Pasenix is going to take some time. He's going to have to learn a lot about basketball. He's going to have to learn a lot about playing this game at a high level to make it in the NBA. The last guy I'm going to talk about today is Isaiah Hartenstein. He is uh, uh, son to an American German-American player. Uh, Florian Hartenstein, who played for the for or, for Oregon back in the day, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein uh, was playing for uh, a team in Lithuania, uh, and again meager statistics. And with him, you're dealing with a seven footer who will p- get down and dirty and play in the post. That's that's where he likes to be. Likes to be in the paint. He'll hit the jumper, but he wants to be in the paint. And He's still develop again, like so many of these guys, still developing his body, still developing his game. He has good length, good long arms to contest shots. He can be a little bit of a rim protector. He'll sometimes be over-eager to block shots. You see that a lot with young guys. Um, he's a better rebounder than I think people give him credit than people give him credit for. 14 rebounds per 40 minutes in his career, uh, for according to Draft Express, for uh, his for Zalgiris in Lithuania. Uh, and you know, he is still kind of, I think, growing into his body and dealing with some of the physicality. He likes the physicality on offense, but, you know, if you, you bump him a little bit, he's going to shy away. And that's something that every young player has to learn. It's hard to find guys who want contact, who seek contact out, especially at center. And so Hartenstein is a young player still in need of growth. I would rank him ahead of Pacenix in that category. I think he's a little further along than Pacenix. But Hartenstein's, uh, you know, a, a, a risk. But the, again, the size is there. He's just a big dude. Pesenix is seven foot two. Hartenstein's seven feet. Big dude. And it's just uh, with I think with so many of these seven footers, a lot of the times it's just about learning how to use your size and getting in a weight room. Uh, you know, if you hear you hear this a lot, the European teams do not stress weight training with their development. So you see a lot of the a lot of these European guys come into the league just not physically ready for the NBA yet. It comes, it happens. It 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 it's not that they can't develop it. They do. But it takes again, it takes a little bit of time, it takes a little bit of seasoning to get there. And Hardenstein's certainly capable of doing it. He's 19 years old and and just a again, just a big long dude at center. Just he has to learn how to Uses athleticism. He's still a little bit earthbound. Uh, he may not have like great athleticism, 
but he can block shots. He can he can get himself involved in plays that way. It's just about learning the speed of the game. That's that's the big thing. All right, that's going to do it for today's draft prospect palooza. Remember, you can check out the Locked On NBA mock draft on the Locked On NBA podcast. You can download that on iTunes and Audioboom. Be sure to check that out. We it's been a fantastically fun project. Getting a lot of good response. You hear directly from the experts. Remember that. This isn't just, you know, one guy making all the picks. You hear directly from the experts. The guys making the picks are people who cover those teams every single day. Just like I do on Locked On Magic, you get the Celtics guy picking for the Celtics. You get the Kings guy picking for the Kings. You get the Heat guys picking for the Heat. And then you get analysis from Mike Schmitz of Draft Express. So you get uh, you get analysis from all the experts that you would want as you prepare for this NBA draft and get an idea of how it might go down. Because, you know, obviously it's a draft. Things go down. And so, you know, we're, we're now less than a week away from it. Be sure to check that out. Get get up to date on the NBA, on the Locked On NBA mock draft. You can, of course, download this podcast, Locked On Magic, on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast and have a listening device. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Locked On Magic. Uh, and, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Daily, as well as like Orlando Magic Daily on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I owe you guys a mailbag. Mailbag should be out uh, on... I'm, I'm going to aim for Friday, but it may not be out till Monday. Probably be one of the first things you read on Monday. Um, morning on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'll answer some questions on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic as well. You can also uh, see our player profiles, just like the ones that I've been describing today, written written down with video up on Orlando Magic Daily every single day. And of course, the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag, our roundtable talking about the draft is up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com now as well. That's going to do it for me this week. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again Monday on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.